I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. If I had to pick one word that sums up the secular vision of morality, I would pick the word tolerance. There's a lot of talk about tolerance in our secular relativistic world today, isn't there? We're called to tolerate each other. How come we just can't be more tolerant and get along and just uh, coexist with other people? We need more tolerance in this world. That's the best our secular society can come up with. Now, don't get me wrong, tolerance is a, a decent thing, you know, but we're called to do so much more with the people in our lives than simply tolerate them. I mean, I tolerate a bad storm. I tolerate cold weather. I tolerate horrendous traffic. But I'm called to actually love the people in my life. That's what Jesus came for. He came to call us to love, not just tolerate people. Do you want to be a part of building a civilization of mere tolerance or Do you want to really make a difference and build what St. John Paul II called a civilization of love? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode here. And I want you just to think about this. I mean, imagine if somebody asked me, hey, Edward Sri, how's your family going? How's your marriage going? And I said, oh, my marriage is great. Yeah, Beth and I, we tolerate each other. (laughs) Yeah, we, you know, Beth and I, yeah, we coexist. Is that the ideal marriage? I don't think so. A great marriage is one that doesn't simply tolerate the the other person. And a great marriage, husband and wife grow in love and unity and trust. That's what we long for. The same in family life. If someone says, how's your your family life, Edward Street? Oh, my family life is great. We haven't killed each other yet. Uh, We haven't lied to each other. We don't steal from each other. We just have an amazing family. We coexist together. Again, no, no, we're, we're made for something more. We want to grow in love. That's what we're made for. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I want to be really clear on this. Uh, In our Catholic tradition, we would say respecting other people is absolutely essential. We're called to respect all people of all different backgrounds, all different lifestyles, uh, all different uh, perspectives, because every human person has dignity. They're made in the image and likeness of God. They're children of God, and we're called to respect them and their dignity. But that's just a starting point. That's just the beginning. The real question isn't, oh, do I tolerate these people over here like I tolerate a cold weather or I tolerate this traffic jam I'm in? No, no. The real question is, do you love the people in your life? Do you have the ability to love them? And because to love them isn't simply to sit back and be indifferent and just, well, I, I tolerate this person. No, no, no. To love them is to seek what's best for them. That's what real love is, to will the good of the other, to seek what's best for the other person. Do you do that with the people in your life? Because if you want to love the people in your life, there is one thing you absolutely need, and that is virtue. Virtue. Virtue gives us the skills to love people. We touched on this in the previous episode about how the skills, the the virtues are those life skills that give us the freedom to give the best of ourselves to the people in our lives. So if you want to be a better friend and want to have good, strong, authentic friendships, you need to pursue virtue. If you want healthier, better dating relationships, you need to pursue virtue. If you want to build a strong, solid marriage, you need to grow in virtue. If you want to be the parent God wants you to be to your kids, 
you must grow in virtue. So that's going to be the heart of our episode today. Let's take a look at this topic of virtue here for a bit. Uh, what is virtue? I'm going to just draw right from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, it's always a good starting point here. In Catechism Article 1802, we find uh, a definition for virtue. Virtue is the habitual disposition to do the good. So it's a, a habit, but it's not just like any ordinary habit, right? You can have the habit of speeding. You can have the habit of procrastinating. You can have the habit of picking your nose. There's a lot of habits you can have. But virtue is a habitual disposition to do the good. Do you habitually do the good? Now, here's the key. The Catechism also talks about three crucial qualities, three essential qualities we have to have if we're going to possess virtue. And we might think, oh, I've got this virtue down. But when you hear these three qualities I'm going to share with you from the catechism, uh, you're going to find yourself challenged. It's going to be like a little examination of conscience. And you're going to realize, wow, uh, I thought I had virtue, but I realized there's a lot of area, a lot of areas I still need to grow in. What are those three qualities we need to have? All right, the catechism tells us virtue is is the habitual disposition to do the good, first of all, consistently. We don't do it every once in a while. We don't do it when it's easy. We don't just do it when we like to. No, no, we do it consistently. Secondly, we do the good with ease. It's like second nature for us. It's just we do it promptly. We do it easily. We don't have to think about it. Uh, the third thing is we do it with joy. We don't just do the right thing and go, oh, well, I had to do the right thing today. I had to be nice to that person. No, no, no. We, we do it joyfully. There's great joy that comes when we do the good. Now, one thing I always like to do to help clarify virtue and make it real and practical for our lives is to apply it to sports. Uh, Let's just take the sport of golf. Uh, If we had a professional golfer with us uh, and he came to your local golf, uh, golf course and he was a PGA touring golfer, he would just be able to probably pull out the club and tee off and hit the ball down the fairway all the time. He would do it pretty consistently if he's a professional golfer. He's going to hit it a great shot straight down the fairway. Secondly, he's probably going to do it very easily. He doesn't have to think about which club he has to use. He just knows, yeah, this is a club he use. He doesn't have to take a lot of practice swings. He just gets right up. He hits the ball, and he does it easily. And, and then thirdly, because he's good and he uh, plays the game of golf, golf well, there is great joy and delight that comes uh, as a part of his playing with excellence. So those are the three qualities. We play we play golf consistently well, we do it with ease, and we do it with great joy if we've got the skill of golfing down well, to use that as an example. Now, if you take me on a golf course, though, it's going to look really different. You know, last year, I started taking my boys out golfing. Now, we're not big golfers. We're a huge soccer family, but they wanted to go golfing, and we, we went out a few times this last summer, and it was a lot of fun, kind of, fun being with my boys, but a lot of pain in playing the game. It was pretty embarrassing, actually, at many moments. You put me on that golf course, and I'll tell you, every once in a while, I might hit the ball down the fairway, make a good shot. But I'm not consistent. Most of the time, I'm hitting the ball into the river. I'm hitting it into the lake, into the woods. It's a ground ball, a swing and a miss. I'm not consistent. Uh, Similarly, it's not easy for me. I don't know which club to use. Do I get my driver out? Am I going to use my my sand wedge? Which one do I use? And I'm one of those golfers that has to take a million practice swings because I'm so nervous. I don't want to make a mistake. uh, It's just not easy for me. It's not second nature. Uh, And thirdly, Because I'm not good at golf, 
there's not a lot of joy when I play. Uh, so think about those three qualities in your own life. You know, let's say maybe you're struggling with patience and you notice one day you were patient, you actually succeeded, you did well in an area that you normally fell into impatience and, and you could give yourself a pat on the back and that's a good thing, but do you have the virtue down yet? No, probably not because you're not consistent. You did it right that one time. Similarly, maybe you're going after uh, chastity in your life. You know, you know, I need to be guard my eyes and not look at certain things, not fall in chastity. And you have a really good day. Again, you should celebrate. Thank the Lord for that grace, that moment. That's wonderful. But you don't necessarily have the virtue of chastity down until you're consistent with it, until it's easy for you uh, to do this, right? I hit the ball down the fairway once. That doesn't mean I'm a consistent PGA professional level golfer. I don't have the skill down yet. I did it once. I have a long way to improve. And the same is true in our life. Uh, Why is this so important? It's so important for our relationships because the people in our lives need us to be reliable, to be dependable. Are we going to be there for them consistently? That's what builds great trust in friendships, in community, in families, is if we're reliable, dependable people. And that, that takes a lot more than just you know, our good intentions and sincere desires. And it, it takes character. It takes virtue. So, for example, my wife, my wife, Beth, she needs me to be thoughtful to be thinking about her, what she's going through, what her needs are. She needs me to be thoughtful, not just on our anniversary, not just every once in a while, not just on date night. She needs me, she needs me to have the virtue of thoughtfulness every day, day in and day out. I need to be consistent in that. Same thing, my kids need me to be joyfully serving them, not just when I want to, when it's fun, when I just want to hang out with them. They need me to be joyfully serving them even when I'm tired, I've had a long day, I'm stressed out, I'm exhausted, I'm not in a good mood. I still need to rise above that and be there for them to be the kind of dad they need me to be. Uh, My employer, my employer needs me to give the best of myself to the mission of the company, to the common good of the organization, not just doing the projects I like to do or not just doing them when it's convenient for me, but really giving the best of myself to serve the common good of the organization. So we need these virtues. We need the virtues and we need to have them consistently. We need to be able to do the virtuous things with great ease and then we do them with great joy. So those are the three qualities of virtue. Let's consider uh, one more thing here. We've talked about this idea of virtue as skills. We've talked about this idea of virtuous skills. I want to just flesh that out a little bit, a little bit more. And I want to tell you a story from my my childhood. Uh, growing up, I was blessed to be able to go with my dad on a couple of uh, his trips related to his work. And I remember just being so fascinated as a kid going on the airplane. Oh, it was so fun. I mean, going through the clouds, being above the clouds, looking out the window underneath. I was just so thrilled by being in the airplane. And to this day, I travel a lot and I I get to be above the clouds all the time, but I'm still just as fascinated as I was when I was a five-year-old boy. It's just so fascinating to be flying. Now, if I told you I am passionate about flying. I just love flying. I value flying. Would that make you want to get into the cockpit with me as your pilot? 
I don't think so. <laughs> I don't have the skills of a pilot. You wouldn't want to fly with me flying the airplane. I'll crash it. Similarly, if I told you my dad was a surgeon, which he was. My dad was a surgeon, a wonderful surgeon outside of Chicago. And um, and he used to take me to the hospital. He used to show me his books. And we'd, I would read about anatomy. And you know, I was just so fascinated by surgery. And I told you, I am passionate about surgery. I've got strong feelings about surgery. I really value surgery. Would that make you get on the operating table with me as your surgeon? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not that kind of doctor. You don't want me to do that, right? This is all just common sense. No one would get into the airplane with somebody that didn't have the skills of a pilot. No one would get on the operating table with someone that didn't have the skills of a surgeon. And yet, and yet, how many people jump into friendships without ever asking the question of virtue. How many people jump into business partnerships, dating relationships, and even marriages without ever asking the question of virtue? Does this other person have the moral character, the virtue to consistently, second by second nature, give them best of themselves to me? Are they going to be reliable and dependable? Do they have the character? That's absolutely a crucial question. I need to ask that about myself. Do I have the character to give the best of myself consistently? to other persons. Are we really pursuing virtue in my life, in our lives? We want to do that because remember, virtue gives us the freedom to love. Let's go back to my family examples I gave earlier. To the extent that I'm thoughtful and I have the virtue of thoughtfulness, I'm, I get out of myself regularly. I'm thinking about my wife and thinking about anticipating her needs. What would be helpful for her? What is she going through right now? The, the, to the extent I'm consistently being thoughtful with her, to that extent, I'm free to love her. But to the extent I lack thoughtfulness and I just get too preoccupied with my own projects or what's going on in my own life, to that extent, I'm just not free to give the best of myself, of the best of myself to her, to love her the way she needs me to love her. Same thing. To the extent that I am joyfully serving my kids day in and day out, to that extent, I'm able to love them. But to the extent I, I just get overwhelmed with life and I'm just focused on myself or I'm exhausted and I'm not able to be present to them, I'm just watching television, to that extent, I'm just not able to be the dad I need to be for them. So virtue is the key to living our relationships well. We need virtue to have the freedom to love the people in our lives. Now, many of you are probably wondering, well, how do I grow in virtue? I want, I, I get this. I, I want to live a virtuous life. I, I want to grow in virtue. How do I do that? That's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. I'm going to talk about the three traditional ways the Catholic Church has taught about how to grow in virtue. So stay tuned. My friends, if this podcast was helpful, please share it with others. Please write a review. And remember, I'm doing the Q&A episode coming up here. I'm going to be doing it in early May. So if you have any questions about virtue or any other question about the Catholic faith, please send it my way. You can reach me on my website, edwardsree.com, edwardsree.com, or you can find me on Facebook or Twitter. May God bless you.